Welcome to How the Song Came to Be, where soulful songwriters share the stories behind their songs, as well as tools and creative practices you can use to bring your best songs or other creative works to life. I'm Ann Heaton, your host. I'm, I'm really interested in, in finding the magic in, in the little things, you know, finding the magic in those, those ordinary moments, because there is, you know, so much magic in there. And this album that I'm coming out, that is coming out in a little bit, is, is very much kind of about that. Welcome songwriters. I'm Ann Heaton, your host and founder of Soul Song School. We are here today with Joshua Davis. Joshua Davis is a tried and true Michigan musician. Joshua Davis has been a top three finalist on NBC's The Voice, sung duets with both Cheryl Crow and Adam Levine, and was the first artist on the show to sing an original song. Davis grew up surrounded by the urban landscapes of Detroit while spending summers in the wilderness on the southern tip of Lake Superior. Both areas are the backdrop for his latest work. His new release, The Way Back Home, produced by Steve Berlin of Los Lobos, reflects an honest, hardworking family man scribing the scenes of life through the dark, broken, hopeful, and triumphant times. Joshua Davis has shared the stage with American folk music icons such as Pete Seeger, Arlo Guthrie, Greg Brown, and Abigail Washburn. The Way Back Home highlights Davis's collaboration with legendary engineer (laughs) Glenn Brown, Jack White's bassist Dominic John Davis, pianist Mike Lynch, and drummer Mike Shimon. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Over the years, Davis has toured extensively with his band Steppin' In It, who've released five albums. And as a solo act, Davis has released five albums as well. His rough and tumble grit mixes with an undeniable Midwesterner's charm. The Way Back Home is a very personal look at where he's been and who he's become. Welcome to the show, Joshua. Thanks, Ann. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so happy you're here. Uh, I hope I hope it was okay to read your bio. No, that was great. I, yeah. I haven't heard it in a little while, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember who you are. Yes. Um, yeah. So, um there's so much to dive into here. I'm excited to hear about the writing of your latest record, but will you start us off with a song? Happily, yeah. I'll play you uh, one of the scenes from the new record. This is a, a song called, I've been playing a lot lately. It's, I recorded it and then I, I kind of sat on it for a little while and didn't play it. Um, but uh, I've been kind of digging it lately. It's, it's called uh, Nowhere Without You. <clears throat> That day you and my roommate hanging over for a while Cool and sweet in the summer heat, green eyes and that crooked smile You were reading dancing I tried to play cool Honey, you left me out of breath I sounded like a fool These memories Pictures on my shelf Keep me company since you left me by myself, I'm walking the floor. I don't know what to do. We're down in circles, going nowhere with that. That autumn in the orchard, using your umbrella as a cane. The two of us in the fallen leaves, and I couldn't feel pain. Red and golden orange, never healed all the way. I'm moving fine, but in my mind I just can't walk away from these memories. Pictures on my shelf, 
keep me company since you left me by myself on the floor. I don't know what to do. Wearing out in circles and going nowhere with that. Nowhere now, nowhere there. I'm learning how and I'm stumbling. All these words I want to say keep me hanging on day after day. Yeah, yeah. Donuts in the winter, in the resurrection parking lot. Close your eyes and feign surprise. Instead, I think that's all that so force got you made the perfect fallen angel. I wouldn't show you mine, but I could do it again. I'll let you in my only turn back time. These memories, pictures on my shelf, keep me company. Since you left me by myself, I'm walking the floor. I don't know what to do. Well, I'm down in circles, I'm going nowhere. Baby. I'm going nowhere. I'm going nowhere. I'm going nowhere with that. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> That's early morning grit. Going nowhere without you. I love that. Thank you Thanks. so much. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to start the way that um, with a question that I ask everyone who comes on the show, which is um, what, how and why did you start writing songs? What, what compelled you to begin? Yeah, that's a, it's a great first question. I think that um, well, I started playing music. Um, because of, uh, I, I grew up going to, in a few different ways, music was involved in my life, I guess, in my early years. I grew up going to music festivals. Um, I, I grew up partially in Detroit, mo mostly in Detroit with my mom. And um, yeah, in the summers and, and vacation time from school, I was in um, Michigan's Upper Peninsula with my, with my dad, who lived up there uh, in Marquette County. And so... With my mom, I would go to all these music festivals at um, Hart Plaza in Detroit. Um, they had tons of music festivals down there, um, put on by WDT, many of them. And, um, and then there was a music festival called Hiawatha Music Festival up in Marquette, uh, Michigan, that I went to every summer with my dad. And, um, and uh, there was a guy named Frank Youngman there, um, who is an incredible guy, was a music teacher in Cadillac for years and years. But kind of ran the kids um, kids music scene there and, and put on this big kids parade with these musicians, all these instruments. We'd go up on stage and sing. It's like like super early memories of being on stage with Frank, um, mm. who played in a band called the Lost World String Band that I was later really inspired by. Um, but um, I used to, I, I would go see when I, when I was a little older and started to be interested in the guitar, um, I saw people like Dave Van Ronk, Spider John Corner, um, Greg Brown, uh, Joel Mabus, um, John Hartford at these festivals. And 
the kind of scene around these festivals was one, you know, it's, it's not like the pop realm where, um, you know, people will play their sets and then they'll go back to their tour buses or their hot tubs or whatever. Um, this is, you know, music by and for the community. And um, so a lot of these people, like, I, I, you know, would stop and talk to like a 13 year old kid that was just learning to play guitar. Um, like I got to talk to Dave Van Rock and John Hartford and, and Greg Brown um, and John Gorka, um, you know, when I was, when I was just starting playing and mm. um, talk to them about what they do. And they, they took their time to, to, you know, to, to give, give that to me and tell me some stories, tell me what they did. And, and um, so I think just being around music and being around writers, my mom was a poet. Mm. Um, my stepdad um, is a, a concert promoter and, and, and DJ. Um, mostly oh, wow. avant-garde jazz, but we had this huge vinyl record collection in the basement. It was like floor to ceiling, wall to wall. And every day after school, I'd go down and just pull, up, pull down records. And um, when I first started playing guitar, it was all the blues records that I was really interested in. Um, Big Bill Brunzi and, and Lighton Hopkins and um, Blind Blake and Mississippi John Hurt specifically. And I got mm-hmm. really into Mississippi John Hurt and mm. re- you know found out that he wrote his own songs and... and um, so I kind of was writing in that style for a long time. That was very um, kind of folk based and trying to write old folk songs more than anything else and, and soaking up all these different kinds of folk music. And, um, and eventually I kind of, I think I, you know, synthesized all that and kind of created something a little more contemporary, but, but yeah, it was for my mom being a poet and just talking about words and, and, um, and then, uh, and then being around a community that, that um, was supportive and, collaborative and you know um right. that's kind of where that came from yeah so you you knew it was a possibility like here's people in my community who exactly. do this i could exactly. do this right and, yeah do you remember yeah. what your first song was about yeah actually i do i i had this um i had this sculpture class um that i was ter- terrible at i had no, no skill whatsoever with like visual or tactile art um and i remember we had this final, um, I think this was freshman year in high school. We had this final exam that was like, he gave you a word and then you were supposed to create a sculpture from that word. This is our final project, oh. I guess you'd say. Okay. And uh, he was a really, really, really cool teacher. I can't remember his name, but, um, but I, I came to him after class and I was like, can I bend the rules a little bit and create a musical sculpture? Like I, I, I'm not, you know, and he was so, you know, supportive and so open that he was like yeah you know you want to write a song go for it and so my first song was called sanctum uh which was the word that he gave me and um it was i can't remember it at all um but you know that was quickly pushed aside and i realized that i could do that it was like this thing that um you know i'd been playing guitar for a long time and listening to a lot of music and just kind of eagerly soaking all this stuff up and when that door opened like I can create this on my own, you know, it was like a, like floodgates and, and um, I wrote a ton of terrible songs. Oh yeah. That as just like, you know, all sorts of terrible songs. Uh, I have, I can't even remember how many, but uh, I was, that was my most prolific period where my filter was gone. There was no such thing as editing. Yeah. uh, We just went to town. Oh, that's so great. Well, it's so great that there was somebody who, could say like yes sure you can do this so that you had this assignment and then the door opens and yeah and i think that's that's it for you know i i it you know i wish that everybody that 
I wish everybody had somebody like that. I know that I'm, I'm lucky and I'm grateful that I had a community like that and a supportive, you know, family and, and, um, supportive friends and, and, uh, a, a kind of creative artistic community, but I know a lot of people don't, they feel chastised by it or they feel, you know, um, insecure about, about sharing. And, and, um, I fortunately was, you know, was always, um, given a lot of go ahead. Um, yeah. and yeah. I, you know, I think that's a really big deal. Yeah, um, no, I think it is. And I talked to a lot of writers and just people who like they can like pinpoint the moment where they shut down, like where they yeah. were, sh they were ashamed yes. or they, yes. and then yes. they stop. And, but it, right. what's interesting about the like creative process, it always comes back and when they come back for like 10 or 20 years, but it comes yep. back and it's like, hi. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so that's, I love that story. So one of the things that's been happening in the series, we've been talking a lot about like, writing practice you know some people get up early and they do morning pages other people maybe read something and then write and a lot a lot's been um talked about in terms of like getting in that space yeah. and one of the things i would love to um get more into is just like the nitty-gritty yeah. of songwriting because i feel like um you know until someone asked me to teach songwriting if so if i was working on a song and finished it and someone was like how did you do it i'd be like I don't remember, you know? Yes. And so um, now I remember because I make a point of saying like, oh, you know, at first I was writing in rhyme and then it wasn't coming in rhyme anymore, but mm -hmm. I still let get, got the story down and then I went back and made it rhyme, you know? And my yeah. reasons for that were so that I didn't lose the flow or, and, my, and my other reason is because I didn't want it to just rhyme just for the sake of rhyme. I wanted it to be what I really meant or something like right, that, like right. something really concrete. And I know that... Um, before we started recording, you had mentioned um, something that you talk about is um, narrative songwriting and mythology. And mm -hmm. I wonder if you'd be willing to kind of get into the nitty gritty of. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. happy to. Um, yeah, I think I, I resonate with that. I mean, I think that um, until I started teaching um, and, and, and being a student and really like going and, you know, I think, yeah, I think it was when I first started teaching, I was like, okay, I have to explain this kind of amorphous thing to other people. How do I do that? What do I do exactly? And I started to take a closer look because a lot of times it just was, uh, you know, it just was something that I've, habits that I've learned over time and, and just kind of came naturally. But how do I translate that into something that's teachable? Um, uh, you know, because I think a lot of people just see it as this like really mysterious, especially the, 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 you know, first creative spark aspect of it, like the muse aspect is like this really like, how do I, how do I, how am I inspired, you know? Um, so um, to not try, I guess, to not try to make this too wide, um, you know, I, I, I think that, yeah, uh, but I guess just to start with, you know, we all have these different ways of, of kind of harnessing that um, creative power, you know, like sometimes for me, sometimes as far as ideas go, you know, the, the kind mm -hmm. of art of it, the muse of it, you know, those ideas, sometimes they, they do just come, but a lot of times I have to kind of get them jump started, you know, and, and when I'm, when I'm talking about in, in classes, when I'm talking about, um, inspiration, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's all well and good when, when the ideas are just, are coming to you just like that, you know, from wherever, but when they're not, that's, that's when you, you know, when you need these like tools. And so for me, it's like, 
you know, how do I, how do I get inspired? How do I come up with ideas? It's, um, it's listening to music, it's reading books, it's living actively. I think like, um, when I say that, like, like doing everything kind of with an artist's eye, like, you know, um, I mean, you know, anything, anything can be inspiring, you know, depending on the angle that you're looking at it. Um, and so I do a lot of like, all right, I'm going to take this next hour and really, really take a look at what's around me. You know, I'm going to go for a walk and like notice things and, and write them down in a little book. And, and, um, so it's kind of like, for me, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's building all these little, you know, this notebook of all these little pieces and bits of, of possible, you know, just, 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 you know, soaking all that stuff up and I'm um, going to concerts is huge and talking mm. to people. And, and I'm a huge, um, I'm, I'm, I guess I should say I'm a terrible eavesdropper. I think that, um, I, yeah. I think that like hearing little bits and snippets of other people's conversation for me is like, is, a, a, you know, I mean, you can always hear something interesting. Um, yeah. and, and, if you, if, especially if you have a nine to five job, you know, a lot of, a lot of songwriters are doing this as a hobby and they've got a nine to five job and you get kind of stuck in a routine. Um, and for me, a routine like that is not, um, it, it, it doesn't allow, I think the muse in very, you know, easily. As easily. So I, yeah. Right. Exactly. So I think that even, even having like, yeah, not everybody can go to like a songwriting retreat or go to a vacation and, in Costa Rica or something every you know few months to get inspired so, but you can make little changes in your life like go to the coffee shop at nine instead of ten you know because mm -hmm. maybe there'll be somebody different there maybe you'll see something different on your way maybe the traffic will be shifting differently it'll make you think of the way the water flows and and it'll make you think of the river that you grew up on when you were a kid and and like you know, so there's all sorts of little tiny changes that I think we can make in our lives it's not it's not something that I think people should feel pressured about and and like mm -hmm. they need to do something huge because yeah. that's that's pressure that's going to stop up the creative flow and so yeah it's these tiny little changes i think for me that that really help the you know these little 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 things so on the inspiration end of it that's kind of um where that is um and i think for me um and this is not this is like a generalization and i you know songs come in a lot of different ways but when I'm feeling most productive and when I'm feeling most like I have a plan and this is, this is going really well and it's not just like, oh shit, what's going on now? You know, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's when I, <clears throat> I, I farm some kind of idea like that and I mm -hmm. have some kind of thesis, you know, and then I, I, I really do set it up like, like I'm writing a short story or like I'm writing mm. a novel where I'm, okay. I'm thinking, I'm asking those questions, who, what, when, where, why, like, mm. and that's when I talk about narrative songwriting. I mean, like, you know, it, you know, really thinking about the, it's like creative writing one-on-one. It's like, yeah. you know, why couldn't we do that as songwriters? Like, like think of, even if you're not going to write like the record of Ed Fitzgerald, like, and it, you're not going to write like a very, you know, totally um, story driven song, even if it's a pretty, abstract idea and, and and the language you're using is is um you know not abstract but uh but um you know it's 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 not super concrete um mm -hmm. you can you can still have the idea of of your characters and and your your space and your um 
and your time frame and 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 why you know so so i you know i ask myself and i have my students ask themselves these questions once they have that thesis you know like what this song is going to be about um or what you want your audience to walk away from or or you know what the then then i start making lists like all right who you know who's in this song what how are these characters you know what's the action here you know um what's the what's the you know storyline look like what kind of trope are we have do we have in this song and, and when i start asking myself those questions the who what when where why then then i'm i'm much less apt to get stuck mm. a really yeah. huge problem that i have is getting stuck yep um and i know a lot of people are like this like i'll mm. if i just start writing a lot of times this is exactly what will happen i will like write a verse and a chorus that I really like, and then I'll stop. And it'll just sit there on the page for two years or two months yeah. or whatever it is because I'm like totally stuck and I don't know where to go. But if I have first or maybe even after that, asked myself these questions and really dug into, um, like set myself in a, in a place like, okay, this, you know, so I want to sing about, let's say, I want to write a song about, um, you know, a time and, um, how, uh, how my, you know, I, I see my, my kids, you know, this is, I'm just kind of coming up with something in my head, but, you know, I see my kids growing up so fast and, and I'm getting older too. And, and, um, how time, uh, shifts so much and time, time maybe changes as you get older, it, it goes by faster, you know? So I want to write a song about, about time and how tricky it is. Um, so then I start to think about how am I going to express that, you know, in a way that's relatable. Um, do I want to do it, you know, autobiographically? Do I want to do it, you know, as a, um, you know, um, as a, as a story in itself? Um, do I want to do it a little more abstract, you know, in an abstract way? And, and so then I, um, then I start asking myself this question. So where is this going to be based? Who are the characters, you know? And even if I'm not like, even if, the, even if it's not that story that I'm writing down, I'll still come back to that and those characters will interact and they'll interact with their landscape and they'll interact with their time. And, and that's where the action comes from. And if I start doing that, if I really think deeply about it, then I'm much less apt to get stuck. Uh, I can always go back to those thoughts about it and, yeah. and my, my outline and, and sorry, I'm totally babbling right no, now. No, it's so, well, you're basically dropping gold right now. So I just want to like highlight <laughs> I just want to highlight what you're saying. So just so people can kind of remember, you know, first of all, you're saying that, you know, you don't necessarily be need to go on a vacation to find inspiration. You, you can right. find inspiration in your ordinary life. If you start yes. to look with different eyes or maybe you're eavesdropping or you're going to the coffee shop early, I think that's so important. And then this other tool that you're, you're sharing is asking your song or your story, who, what, where, when, and why. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it seems to me, even if you just wrote those out on a piece of paper and filled it in, you would have so much more to work with. And especially if you're not writing, you're saying that will even work, even if you're not using super specific words like Main Street and uh, Ann Arbor, right. Michigan, right, because exactly. it will give like a clear emotional center and maybe like, show give you a more of a clear path um to work through if you are getting stuck and i feel like that's something that happens all the time people come with songs that are 60 percent done and yes. like, i don't know what to do now mm -hmm. and it it might be because the beginning came really easily yeah this is something that 
yeah, that's right. totally what happens to me all the time. You know, if I'm if I just start to get inspired and start to write, that's like ninety percent of the time. That's what's going to happen is I'm going to get stuck. You know, maybe that's just because it's in my brain, but I'll get stuck a third of the way through. And if I if I go back and I say, all right, what is this song? And and that's another thing is that like I ask a lot of people when they play play a song for me, I say, you know, after they played it, okay, what's this song about? You know, yeah, yeah, and. And then if they the tell answer you. is, if the answer is, I don't know, <laughs> you know, or if the answer is like, uh, you know, well, I, I think that it's really important to me. Like, I understand that like some things just sound good together and, you know, mm -hmm. consonants and syllables and rhymes and all that stuff. But for my taste, um, I want, I want, even if, even if it's, even if it's not what I'm getting from the song. You know, I want you to know exactly what you're saying yeah. in the song. And I want, I want you to think about what you want your audience to take away from, even yeah. if it's not what they take away from, even if they take away something right. totally different, which is a gift, you know, it's like, but I want you to think about that stuff. I want you to be really thoughtful about this stuff. And, and, um, I think that's huge, asking what you want the audience to take away. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily even have to be a thought. It could be a feeling. I want them yeah, to exactly. feel, and you're right, like they might not feel that, but there's like a clarity of Yeah, of yeah, of, of purpose, of intent. A purpose, you know? yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think that that helps too. Um, and, you know, I think that a lot of, a lot of students that I've, I've found will start with, we talked about rhyme earlier, and I think rhyme is, rhyme is tricky. You know, rhyme is a trap. Um, because you know you start out with four lines that are really sound great together and they they rhyme together and you're like oh that's sweet what the hell is that what am I saying with this and where am I going with this it, that you know at first it doesn't matter because you're writing these lines that sound great together and they rhyme perfectly and like they sound really nice while you're playing your guitar or playing piano or whatever but that's a trap, you know, you get stuck there, you know? And so for me, I think that I ask people um, when they're just, you know, like if, if we're going to create a song from, from the bottom up, you know, um, I ask people to start out by not rhyming, you know, start out with the, with this, this bones of, you know, not, not, not writing anything that they're not willing to, to trash um, yeah. in the in the editing process you know yeah. and, and not because you can get stuck on something for me at least i can get stuck on something that i really like and not know where to go with it yeah absolutely so uh, the other thing i want to ask you about is um you you mentioned mythology i want to jump into that in one second but something that you kind of opened up in me that i think i've had this awareness a few times and it just happened again but i feel like um, a lot of writers, and I know I do, will gravitate to a certain like wheelhouse. Like to me, it'll mm -hmm. seem legit to write a song about like love or loss mm -hmm. or something tragic that happened in how I worked through it, or yeah. a story about somebody else and and their relationship with a person. Um, but like, there are things that I automatically discount without thinking about it. Like, what if yeah. I started to write a song about like dropping my kids off at school, or like, because you were talking about like ordinary day. Maybe yeah. I don't want to. Maybe that's not interesting. But or like going to the grocery store. Maybe that's not. <clears throat> in, but but just to like open up for a second and say, um, you know, like wh why not? Like you know, what I mean, like right. maybe there is something interesting here, and um, which is one of the 
things I like about prompts because I feel, I feel like a prompt mm -hmm. will, will get you to write about something that you wouldn't, you know, you, yeah. it's almost like we censor, or I do anyway, we censor out stuff without even knowing we're doing it. And I, mm -hmm. that's what I liked about you saying, getting, getting inspiration, just like, you know, if you have a nine to five job, like what's yeah. something like, I, I love I, that. So I think it's so tricky because, um, most of our lives, you know, we tend to write about those, those like 1% of, of the moments of our lives that are, or, or other people's lives or stories, you know, so much of our art is based on these moments that people have that are like extreme, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, really high highs or really low lows, but in general, you know, we all kind of live somewhere in the middle and yeah. I'm, I'm really interested in, in finding the magic in, in the little things, you know, and finding the yeah. magic in those, those ordinary moments and because there is, you know, so much magic in there. And this album that I'm coming out, that is coming out in a little bit is, is very much kind of about that. It's about, um, it's a kind of about looking back on a time in my life when I did have a lot of those big highs and lows and, and how it's, how it's come to be this like very, you know, very sweet, kind of you know stability in a lot of ways and appreciating that and looking at that with an artist's eye because I think there is a lot of beauty in there and there's a lot of kind of untapped um you know people just people just don't write about that very much because mm -hmm. they don't know how to how to talk about it and um and for me I think it's really it's really interesting you know and it's it's um maybe it's not uh you know maybe it's not I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just maybe it's not the sexiest thing in the world, but it's like it's like there's there's so much there, and and it's it's so much of our um it's so much of what we do day to day, and yeah. like why why turn our backs on that to to kind of say you know oh these are the moments that we should be regaling you know these are the moments that we should be writing about these these super highs and lows. Why not you know why not spend some time really cherishing the those you know in betweens i love that. i mean i feel like people might might think oh it's not going to be interesting but i know like when i hear a song about something i've never heard before even just like a silly song about someone's dog or something mm -hmm. i love it because it's so refreshing yeah that we're that there's some new ground um being covered i in terms of your new album um i know like i read a little bit about but how it's you know a hard-working family man and like through the scenes of life like did you how did you go about it? Did you have a th like this theme and then you wrote around the theme or you found that the songs you were writing fit this theme? Yeah, I, I, um, no, I didn't. I think my next album, I'm going to do that. I think I've decided my next album, I'm going to come up with the title first <laughs> and then the artwork. Uh, because for some reason, like that's always the most difficult thing for me to, uh, to find. Um, you can do that first, yeah. And then I'll write. I'll write all the songs around that. That's <laughs> um, but uh, but no, I this song kind of came. The, the album kind of. Um, it was just the songs that I was writing, you know. Um, and I started when I was writing them. I started to kind of, you know, I had written five or six of them, and I wrote all these songs in a very. I tend to um write all at once like um i tend to do the exact opposite of what i tell my students to do <laughs> where you know i kind of i kind of preach about you know trying to to maintain the craft and and try to write some every day but um 
in all honesty, I don't, I don't do that. Um, I do, I like farm inspiration on a daily basis, but I don't mm-hmm. sit down and write mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So I, you gather it, it's somewhere where you know that it is and then you come and then, come back yeah, to it. And, and then a lot of times when I have, when I, I have kind of a sense for, um, yeah, and so so I gathered a lot of this stuff, and I was kind of looking at all these. I had written some of the songs, and I had ideas for other songs, and I kind of started looking at it as a as a whole piece. And then, then you know, it all kind of came clear what the album was about. So it wasn't really a it wasn't really a um, you know. In the past, I've I've done albums that were a lot more focused and a lot more like this is what specifically what this album is about. And right. About, you know. This album wasn't like that, but it, it turned into this thing um, that was more of a, you know, me looking back on my 20s and early 30s and kind of seeing, you know, wh- where I've come from and, and who I am now. And, and um, it's, yeah, it just kind of became that because of the songs that were involved. Cool. You might want to put that other ear earpiece in yeah. your ear because I'm noticing it's making like some background noise. Sorry. Um, no, no, don't worry at all. Um, I, um... I want to ask you something else, which I, I know we're talking about songwriting and that's the main focus, but a lot of the you know people listening obviously will be performing their songs too. And yeah. something that strikes me about you, I, you know, you always feel very grounded. And I was talking to um, Mona Tavacola yesterday about, about she's in Raining Jane and she helped co-write um, Jason Mraz's latest album, Yes. And we were talking a lot about confidence because she's mm-hmm. someone I noticed is very comfortable on stage. And um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, you, you've had some of these really high pro- profile shows, you know, performing on The Vo- Voice or singing with Adam Levine. And is that something that you feel like you just naturally have or you cultivate? Is there anything that you can offer to performing songwriters on how to feel comfortable? Yeah, um, I think that's a tricky one. Um, I think that I... Um, so I have a I have a theater background. Um, I have a, a you know degree in theater, and that's what I studied when I was in school. Um, and I think that for me, um, I'm a very private person, and I like my privacy. And and I'm I'm in social circles. I I can be um, pretty shy, um, depending on my mood. Um, and uh, so for me. And so when I first started playing and when I first started playing specifically my own songs, um, you know, I was totally freaked. Um, I was, you know, deathly afraid um, of getting on stage in that capacity, even though I'd, I would, uh, you know, get on stage in front of a ton of people and, and play some role in Oliver, you know, whatever it is um, without any problem at all. Um, But it was that, aspect of of me being there and me putting myself out there you know yeah. so i think at first what i did to to deal with that was um i mean of course it's it's just a lot of it's just getting up there again and again and facing that fear and and the more you do it the more you're going to feel comfortable with it the more you learn about it the more you know um you have your thing going and it, it gets more comfortable you know every time you play uh, but the thing that helped me with it originally was I, I started to look at it like I was playing a part. Um, and oh. that character that was, I, I was on stage was still me, you know, still very much like me, but not totally 
me. Ah. Um, and that kind of triggered my, my theater background. And ah. I started to think about this kind of like mythic self, basically. You know, I, I, I like we're saying, I, I think a lot about mythology and I think a lot about um, our, you know, mythology and songs, but I also think about um, m- m- me as a performer and a songwriter and that, that mythic self, like the, the mythology, the personal mythology that I've created um, through my, my songs and my career and the things that I've done. And that is a little different than who I actually am. Um, uh. And through the years, I've been able to kind of, kind of get, get rid of a lot of that and, and kind of, you know, I've, I've felt that it's been, I've been, I've been able to um, show a lot more of, of me mm-hmm. when I'm performing because I want, I want to like, it's, it's a tricky thing, you know, cause, cause we want to touch people, you know, as performers, as songwriters, we want our songs to resonate. And we, when we're on stage, we want to, affect people in a really genuine way, at least yeah. I do, you know? And so, but I also um, am really private and, and, you know, was, was freaked by the intimacy of, of that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been this kind of throughout, you know, throughout my career, it's been this, um, you know, figuring out how much of myself I can, I can really put out there. Um, I, lo- I love uh, that so much. I, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to try that. I mean, I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's something, the way I relate to that is that I remember when I was, I was setting some poems for a friend of mine and it totally like, and they were her words and it totally like freed me up to write Mm -hmm. in a different way and sing in a different way. And I, and I think I realized that it was because as singer song, I mean, I, I put so much of myself into the stories I tell on stage Mm -hmm. and stuff, but then there's this assumption that everything I sing is always about me and it's not, Right. but no matter, it doesn't matter what I say. It's just, Oh, I, I heard this happen to you, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I love the idea of just like removing, like what would someone who is really owning the stage or in this moment do Right. Like I've often wondered, like, would I just be a mess on the voice? And and you you just seemed so so grounded and <clears throat> I was and a mess. Did um, you were? Did you? I was, use a, total, that I was a total mess. Uh, yeah, you couldn't tell at all. So yeah, well, that's my that's you know that's who I was then. Um, and that's that's I relied heavily on on that character. You know, it's like, um, which is that's so much. Cool. It's ninety nine percent like me. You know, but there's a little bit of you know, it's like, you know, like that character is a little more self-effacing, is a little more like kind of um, a little more openly like em- em- emotive, I guess, um, mm-hmm. that character is. So it's just like these tiny little differences that mm-hmm. kind of put me just a little, there's a little buffer in there. There's a little bit of, it's like having a, a you know, scuba Sudan or something. There's a little yeah. bit of water in there that, that separates that, you know, and, and depending well, I feel on the like sh- our genre is the only genre where we kind of don't always do that. You yeah. know, I mean, it's great to, cause every other, genre, like if you're in a play or right. if you're a pop star, you're always pulling on that like performer, yeah. you know, whatever archetype. Right. And I think, um, I don't know, at least I do. I forget to draw on that. Mm-hmm. because you know it, we supposedly have this like 
you know, we're like, we're telling our own story all the time. Yeah. So. yeah. And I That's think that, cool. yeah, well, I, I, I want to mention something that uh, comes up a lot. Like, um, you know, we, we, as, as singer songwriters, I think we are expected to, or we, we tend to gravitate toward telling our own story, I think, which is important, you know? Um, and the thing that I've, I've talked to a lot of people about in that respect, um, when you're, when you're writing so autobiographically, you know, um, is that, um, um, cause this kind of left field, but, um, you have to, for me, at least, I want people to make sure that, um, when they're, you know, you, I think you got to take a step back and that's what's why these like who, what, when, where, why questions I think works so well as well. When you're writing a song that's like super personal, you know, um, what it was, I was, I was listening to um, this guy Cliff was talking about. Um, I was I taught at Swannanoa gathering this past summer. It was a really great experience, and uh, and oh yeah, Cliff Cliff uh, Everhart. Um, Cliff Everhart, yeah. Yeah, Cliff Everhart, who's an amazing yeah. guy. You, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I met him at the at Swannanoa. Um, was uh, back in the back in the day, he was playing this open mic, and he'd go there and and. Um, uh, this guy was there that uh, I can't remember who it was, but he was a really well-respected songwriter, you know, and he'd go there and, and he, he'd play uh, all these songs and this guy was like really into him. And so he said he, he went back home and he, he, he had had a breakup or something happened to him. And, and he wrote this like song where he was just like pouring his heart out, you know, just pouring his heart out and, and writing like so honestly, he thought, and he thought it was like one of the best things he'd ever written. And he got up on stage and he played the song and the guy just sat there and didn't didn't usually he was like really vocal about really enjoying his songs, and he came to him afterward and he was like, "Hey man, you know what you think of what you think of that uh, that song, you know?" And and uh, and the guy was like, and the guy was like, you know, I want I you know what, God, what did he say? Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna totally ruin the story, but it was like, I want I want you to tell me, you know, I want you to read from my diary. I don't want, I don't want to hear your diary. You know, totally. I don't want to. And so I think it's really important that we take a step back from the, the really, the stuff that really touches a nerve in us that we've written and make sure that it's, um, make sure that it's going to resonate in the right way and make sure that it's not, it's, it's okay to write to just get it out. But sometimes maybe that those songs should just stay at home, you know? Yeah that this should just be for you, you know? Yeah. And I think that you got to make sure that the songs you're writing are, are, are going to touch other people. You know, you're going to resonate yeah. with other people and, and, and mean something and not just be, you know, uh, just mean something to you. Absolutely. You know? I mean, I feel like you, the, our number one job is to invite in the listener. Right. And I feel like something that happens if the story is too personal and it's not made up or about somebody else is that, um, is that a lot of times you'll have pictures in your own mind of what the line means to you, but you're not right. actually conveying those pictures. Exactly. You know? exactly. And so it's really moving to you because you have a story in your head, but you have to make sure that what's on the page is actually like, yeah, I think that's it. That's a great way of, of saying that. Giving that, that away. Left, left field, um, no, that, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's critical, you know, um, just, yeah, dropping more gold. So anyway, um, I, I want to keep time in mind and, and stuff yeah. your time and, and listeners' time. So uh, there's one other thing um, that was kind of on my mind. 
Um, I'm hoping you'll play another song for us before we yeah. leave. But I know, I don't know much about it. I, I've been thinking a lot about um, music and, and social change and what, like, what are the, I know you went to Israel. I'm not exactly sure what you did there. I right. know that there are, um, I'm just really interested in what are the limits to what we can expect a song to be able to do like can it actually change someone's behavior at a show you know inspiring them i'm wondering how you view it what your experience is what you think yeah i think that um you know i i am my career has always been tied to my values it's just something that has has always been and um you know there's people out there that are more that way than i am um but but it's something that i have you know, I, I grew up um, in a very like super leftist household, and um, I um, like come from a union family. I was I kind of grew up on picket lines, and and um, you know, uh, talking about social justice, talking about um, uh, you know, in, in my my Jewish heritage, talking about uh, freedom from slavery, and talking about you know, I mean, there's a lot of those kind of themes that that I dealt with when I was a kid and um, my mom and dad were both revolutionaries in the sixties. And so I kind of came from that stock and, and um, my, and also just being in the folk realm, you know, um, you know, people like Pete Seeger and, and, and Woody Guthrie and, and Mavis Staples and, and um, uh, you know, I, this goes on of course, um, who's used music as a, as a, um, a beat to, to march to and a, a gathering point. And I think that um, for me, that really resonates with me and and I've always wanted my music to be in line with my values. So I have, um, in, not just in my writing, but I've, I've, you know, used my skills to, to work with a bunch of different nonprofit, um, organizations that I, that line up with my ethics. Um, and, uh, you know, groups for equality, civil rights, you know, LGBTQ rights and, um, fair trade and um, environmental groups. And um, I think building those communities um, is, has been really enriching for me, like to work with, you know, to, to be, you know, um, to work at something bigger than myself, mm -hmm. to use my, to use my work to, to, you know, affect something a little bigger has been really important to me. Are the main but, ways that you're doing that, like you're performing at their events or you're, you're speaking up at you know you're willing to share your music yeah yeah and i, I think th there's that but then there's also on the other end of it um and i'm i'm a lot more subtle um i'm a pretty subtle when it comes to social stuff but i i will you know i at my shows i you know talk about the things that are important to me um mm -hmm. you know and i play some songs that are um, inspired by events or inspired by movements or inspired by things that I've done. Um, I don't do a lot of like soapbox preaching, you know, mm -hmm. um, because I don't like when people do that to me. Um, mm -hmm. but I try to make it very personal and, and say, this is, this is what's been going on with me. This is, or this is what the song was about. You know, here's what I was thinking when I wrote it. And so I have written a lot of songs about, you know, environmental efforts and, and, um, but it's all very personal stuff. So for instance, this, um, the album that I came out with before this one is called The Miracle of Birds, and it's based on my travels in the Middle East with with this great nonprofit called On the Ground. And we worked this thing out where they did this event 
um, that was uh, focused on, it was called the Run Across Palestine. It was focused on um, supporting uh, fair trade olive farming communities in the West Bank, um, Palestinian olive farmers. And we did this event over there and they brought me along as kind of like a cultural emissary in some ways. And so I used, so I kind of brought my songs and stories there and I met up with all these different artists and community leaders and we put on these cultural exchanges in the evenings. And I got mm. to meet people, Israelis and Palestinians and kind of through art, you know, try to build some bridges. And I came back and I, wow. made, this, I made this record based on the experience. And um, so in a lot of ways, that was really cool. One, um, I got to take this trip that I otherwise would never have taken ever. I'm a Jew. I was hanging out in the West Bank with a bunch of Palestinians. Yeah. Um, I got to make a lot of friends I would never have made. I got to be inspired in a really interesting way. Um, I got to come back and make a, an album that I'm really proud of. Um, yeah. and, that, and that speaks to me in a very strong way. Um, I got to present it in front of a lot of people, but I also, you know, they were kind of like my record label for the album. So I wouldn't have even made the album if it weren't for them. Yeah. They, you know, um, so it's kind of this really interesting framework for, um, for kind of a, a new kind of record label that, that is based on values rather than based on, um, based on values and, and community rather than based on income, you know, and profit. Um, so it was it was a it was an incredible experience in a lot of different ways. Um, wow, but, that's so cool! So you're yeah. basically writing about your experiences there, and you're there as a bridge builder, and then you come back with an album full of songs. Yeah, yeah, and half the half the proceeds of the songs go back to the go back to the organization. So it worked out really well. Wow! Um, but I think that you know um, that's the kind of thing that happens because of um, because I've been doing this for a long time and, and working with my, you know, values in mind. Um, for did that organization time. find you or did you find them? They came to me with the, with the idea. Um, mm -hmm. I had known them because of playing different, you know, events that they were involved in mm -hmm. over a, a few years. Um, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's such so, a great yes. story. So I think, I think that we have a lot, of, we have a lot of power as, as performers. We're up in front of a lot of people and, I think that right now, especially um, for me, it's important to to use my voice in the best way possible. But it's a tricky thing because I don't want to create more division. But yeah. I also want to I also want to be honest, you know, um, as far as as who I am and and how I see the world. And uh, even if I don't talk about it, you're going to hear it in my songs. Um, and I've gotten yeah. a lot of I've gotten a lot of shit from especially a lot of people that were found out about me through the voice. Um, you know. Uh, huge social media following and every time i post something that is in any way political oh, it's like there's sorry. you know it's like this whole huge list of rants against me you know and oh man i just expect that that's okay you know yeah. um that's how we are right now in this country and and you know that's how it's going to be and and if i can change a few lines then i'm i'm doing all right yeah, and I feel like right now when there are so many choices, we I mean, there's so many ways we could help out. Like every mm. two minutes you hear about an organization that, you know, it's, it's like almost overwhelming. And I feel like I, when I think about what is my role as a performer, I think like <clears throat> I remember hearing like Ani DeFranco and it wasn't even the content of her songs. I remember hearing her in New York when I was a long time ago when I was depressed but didn't know I was depressed mm -hmm. like just the energy of the show like the next day I had so much energy I just like wrote like three songs and yeah. I think of that in terms of social change like if I can give away 
um, some positive energy so that people could maybe choose like, okay, I was overwhelmed. There were 10 things I could do. I could call my Senator or I could like plant right. a tree. Maybe <laughs> I have the energy to pick one now, or yeah. I don't know. Like I think of it really almost like on this small, small level because, um, I don't know. I guess that's where I think it all starts, um, is with small things, but yeah. Um, anyway, will you, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Will you Thanks. will you send us off with a tell us a brief story about how you wrote a particular song and yeah. Um, since we were just uh, talking about it, I can play a song from that from my last album. Um, uh, hold on, let me. So I I think that uh, yeah, this is a this is a song from Miracle from Miracle Birds, and it's. Um, uh, it's a song that I wrote just a second here um, it's a song that I wrote um, so a big part of the trip uh, we would go from um, throughout the, through these little um, you know all these all these different uh, farming villages in the West Bank um, and a lot of them were you know surrounded by Israeli settlements and it was like it was like really, you know, there's a lot of conflict going on in these areas. Um, and we were, we had stopped the second day of the trip. We stopped in this village called um, uh, Atuani. And, um, and uh, yeah, uh, Atuani. And I, uh, one of the things we did was we, we brought, you know, these are olive farming communities and their olive trees are getting ripped out all the time. Um, and, uh, uh, these a lot of times the trees don't bear fruit until they're they're pretty mature and so when the olive trees are ripped out it's like it's like a generation's worth of, of income and food that, that gets kind of torn away um, oh, wow. it's really it's really amazing um the situation over there is like it's it's wild uh so we would bring these olive saplings to these fields you know these little farming villages and plant them that was one of the things we did um and we were in this village and it was, um, we went down to this, this, uh, this olive, uh, grove and we were met with this, uh, huge line of Israeli defense force soldiers in full riot gear. And, um, we were with a bunch of Palestinians and some Israelis that were like more left leaning, um, with all these olive saplings. And, uh, I was on the, uh, sitting on this hill talking to one of the Israelis, and uh, the a bunch of folks got into this like scuffle, and then all of a sudden there was like stones thrown and like you know concussion grenades and tear gas, and it was like a total chaos there. Um, and it was so sad because these two peoples are so similar in so many ways. And I was like looking out over this beautiful orchard and just thinking like you know just how how alike we are and, and how, but how much different as well as well. Um, and like we were saying earlier, I do a lot of, I do a lot of work, you know, I think, I think a lot about mythology, um, in my writing and there's this character in, uh, Jewish mysticism called the Shekhinah. She's, uh, she's the kind of the female essence of God, um, supposedly. And she comes to us and, on, on Shabbat, on the day of rest and the Sabbath, and allows us to to rest a little bit and to kind of reflect on the week. And she's also known as the Sabbath bride. So, like the female essence of God and the male essence of God kind of have a union. Um, 
and uh, and then we're left with the female essence of God for for Shabbat. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of wedding imagery in this song. I kind of brought her into the piece to kind of look at the situation and maybe see what she thought of it. Um, get her. Oh, get you know, her ideas. take on it. Yeah, that's and cool. so that's a lot of times what I'll do is is kind of use use those old stories as, as a as mythology, as a landscape or as, as a way to kind of get another set of eyes on it and imagine what, you know, how they would react. Yeah. So anyway, I'll play the song. I, I don't, I want it to sound good. I don't know if you want it. To, it keeps bumping and I don't know if yeah. it will, but um, I just want um, it to, to sound good. Yes, I agree. Uh, here, maybe if I... Um, <laughs> I don't know if that'll... Is that any better? For now, yeah. All right, I'll try to move around. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe put it back. I think that's okay. Right. All right. Um, no, no, it's okay. Now we're trying to get it right. The limit. The limits of. Uh, yes. Um. Here, maybe we can do this. Maybe this will be better if I put it out in front. No, maybe not. <laughs> All right. We'll see. If we can. I'll. I'll try not to move too much. Okay. Is that all right? It's good right we'll now. See. Yeah. That's called the House of Princes. Wedding songs drifted through the streets of the house, the house of princes. The wind rose up and blew the clouds back home to rest. We gathered in the garden in the midday heat in the house, the house of princes. A silhouette of Jerusalem saved. Dance like a drunken guest in the house of princes. With two candles and a twine in the house of princes. Down at the picket line in the house of princes. Standing in the orchard side by side. Oh, what a welcome. What a welcome for the bride. Walk down to the fields in the house, in the house of princes, on my left, the ancient cookie trees. I have all anointed the shields in the house, the house of princes, on my right, perfect lines of souls and studies, in the house of princes, the two candles and a twine in the house of princes, down at the picket line in the house of Standing in the orchard side by side. Oh, what a welcome. Yeah, how can I greet my Sabbath bride in the house? The house of princes with the tear gas and the stones of the blood. Before my eyes in the house, the house of princes, I caught a glimpse of her weeping for lost. The tears for all that's broken fell upon the flags and fell upon my left and right, fell the darkness and the light, fell our sense of pleasure and pain. Oh, the holy and profane. Fell upon my hands and face 
fell right down in the sacred place and his own sacred fed upon each other's feet I saw three lonely stars it was a cold clear night and I was in the house of Prince I'm talking with my baby on the phone so far away the stars were shining their sweet light in the the house of princes, I watched the blockades flip through a thousand shades of gray. Mm. Oh, I love that sound. Yeah. I remember. Thanks. Thank you so much for playing that and for everyone yeah. listening. Um, please go check out the proper recordings of Joshua Davis. <laughs> you can visit joshuadavismusic.com. Um, and find him there and on iTunes and yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Anne. I appreciate uh, appreciate you yeah. coming. To, yeah. yeah, really nice talking to you. And um, till next time. All right. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us. If you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. Thanks so much. Much love.